0: a seat if you would this morning and as you do would you just close your eyes and open your hearts to the one that you just expressed love for Jesus he's very real and he's very present in this place and he he's the difference maker he wants us to walk with him close enough to where in time we know him, we know him well, and love is the right word to describe someone who came to be with us and live among us, and he did so because he he had a work to do. to that cross on your behalf and mine to pay for a problem that we caused. So it seems small and words that sometimes get said so quickly and easily, they lack the trying to say but I love you Lord and I thank you for on my very worst day you died on a cross for me help me to never get over that and help that shape every decision I make step I take on the path before me. And I pray that for every single person in this place because we love you, Jesus. And we pray and gather today in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, children, your, uh, your friends and are waiting for you, and uh, they're going to tell you how much Jesus loves you. So as you make your way out, um, enjoy that time. We're going to enjoy our time. and um, I, uh, I appreciate, um, I have on my heart a lot of things today, including a wonderful celebration of somebody's life yesterday. Part of Grace Point, and um, she's she turned for home and is with Jesus. She's face to face with Him now, and it it was a very touching time. And it always is when I think of that because I I've experienced loss of family and friends, and so. soon, or if he just came for all of us, right? Let's just, no more ice, let's go, all right? And, uh, but, um, yeah, Um, we do also have another dear woman that turned for home recently, and Judy Wadley, and uh, this Thursday is a service to celebrate uh, her life and the life of the one that changed everything for her, Jesus Christ, so Jeff's here, and we will uh, gather again, a lot of heart in this place, a lot of heart in um, moments like that that we share together. It's what families do. So I'll say it again and then move on into the wonderful truth that God has for us today. But come and join us afterwards. It's really, if you're not even in the habit of doing that or have to cancel a plan, blame it on the pastor. Just say he guilt tripped us into it. We had to come. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you about something you haven't been able to do for the last two weeks. Um, and that's drive on a freeway, right? Um, most of us have been sort of cloistered at home, and uh, you know, that's where we just, you know, lived and bore a lot, I guess, in some respects, but uh, think about what you know on, on, on a freeway. Maybe right here in Portland, the biggest freeway we have is uh, I-5, and it's north and south, and if you haven't you don't get out much it actually goes all the way to Mexico so you know um, it just keeps on going you know so and all the way up to Canada so um, but uh, on I-5 in our area of I-5 there's a uh, it's pretty wide it's as wide as freeways get in Oregon they need to be about 10 lanes wider on both sides okay get back on point here let's uh, so but anyway they're, they're wide roads these freeways are and um, every so often and First moved here, I noticed um, a, a store that was to the west of I-5, down by Wilsonville, and um, it caught my attention. and And I thought that I want to go into that store because I love the name of it, and um, I'm actually a member of it now. But it's called Camping World, right? And I and I, but I had a problem on my hands because uh, in that stretch of I-5, there's no exit, and and there's the store, and I'm thinking, I had a big truck, I could get through that fence, I think, I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure how to do this exactly, but, um, and then I realized there is actually a road in front, it's a very small road, it's called a frontage road, so you have freeways, and then you have frontage roads, like this one road, and I thought, I, I just got to find that, so sure enough, I uh, figured it out, and this, this was a long time ago, but um, I, I found it was a rather circuitous, uh, windy way to get to um, Camping World. And um, now I sometimes wish I didn't find it because I spent too much money there. But anyway, you get my point. Um, so um, today I want us to take a look at words of Jesus when he talked about, actually, two roads, my Bible's open to Matthew seven, and I hope yours is now. As I prompt you to go to verse thirteen, and we're gonna just read these two verses, and then find our way to a little piece of uh, one of the letters that Peter wrote, 1 Peter, and we'll get to there uh, to that point uh, shortly. But um, Jesus is talking about um, two roads: a big and wide, and Easily accessible freeway, we could call it, because that's what it is, and a narrow, hard-to-find frontage road that's actually right near the freeway. He describes them both um, and talks about them in this as you are going to become more and more familiar if you aren't already sermon that he preached, it was epic, and it's uh, it's always been the gold standard. It's the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew gives us the most complete uh, retelling of it in chapters 5, 6, and 7, okay? So that's the context for all this, and when Jesus preached about these two roads, and by the way, there are two gates, and I have a little contact issue, but we'll get through it. Okay, so anyway, uh, um, if it comes out, I will ask for help. But um, so these two roads, and there are two gates that go to get this. You need to know this before you read these verses. Very different places. Two roads, two gates that lead to very different places, and he presents something now that's quite uh, a quite startling contrast verse 13 enter these are words of jesus i'm i'm breaking in mid-sermon if you will enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it verse 14 But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads someplace to life, and only a few find it. All right. We've got to talk about this. Uh, It's part of this series, um, What If Jesus Was Serious?, So he's a phenomenal teacher, but I have always believed my entire life since meeting him and my grandmother putting a Bible in my hand and I just couldn't stop reading it. uh, I believe he's more than a teacher and a good one at that. I think he he taught this and everything he ever spoke with a purpose, with an intended impact. And I tell you now, if you've not heard me say this the impact is first on me i live by ezra 7:10. it's a bible prophet in the old testament ezra studied the word of god then he taught no studied the word of god comma then he practiced and then he taught so i can't guarantee i've practiced everything you've ever heard me say but i can tell you this it's hit me hard and personally And uh, so, these words are those kinds of words. Two roads leading to two different locations. So I want us to start with the wide road and the wide gate. It is the way, says Jesus, that the majority take. Are you catching that already? Many are those on that road, I-5. That's why I had you imagine that. Many are those. And if you're uh, one who tends to decide, hmm, I've got two roads I can pick from. And if you happen to be one, and there are many, that tend to decide which road to take based on which is the road most traveled, then according to Jesus, you would be on the wrong road. You with me? I hope you're hearing, wow, wow. It's kind of easy to be on the wrong road then. Is that kind of the implication here? Okay. So the, the claim that everyone is doing it, whatever it is, is not a very strong case that what the majority is doing is right. Okay, I'm just trying to stretch it out here and make sense of this. These words I've read countless times, endless times. In fact, Jesus leaves no mystery whatsoever where that wide road leads. His word, destruction. You know what? That's one of those words I don't have to say anything about. I could say it's hell. I could just say it's bumpy. But either way, I don't want to be on that road. If it, if it leads to, let's say the bridge is out. Um, we went down to Eugene recently and um, after a lot of rain and we decided to take, uh, because our phone uh, navigation told us we could, we decided to take a little different way and avoid the highway that had red on it. You know the, the experience. So we took that way. And as we were kind of fishing our way through, I think it was Harrisburg, if I remember, sort of, sort of north, and uh, Harrisburg, home of the, ju- the biggest water tank I've ever seen, right, in the middle of town. So I, there's more there. Sorry, Harrisburg. I, I know you guys are great and all. But um, so we get on, and we keep following, and we, we cruise along, and I happen to just glance up at a sign that looked like one of those signs that can be th- like ice or no ice you know, one of those flipper signs, and this one said, uh, high water ahead, <laughs> and I just kept cruising, and we're in a Subaru Forester, which means we can go anywhere. <laughs> Some of you know where we're heading, right, <laughs> and we're cruising along, right, and we we come, and, and it's very swampy and stuff on the, on the gravel road that we were on, or I guess it was a paved road, and then all of a sudden, I look up, and it was kind of getting dusk, and I, I see what is a, a set of train tracks, but strangely close to the road. And then I, we kind of get closer, and we notice, I think, I think that's a lake. <laughs> I think that's the biggest puddle I've ever seen on a road. And so we stopped, and we all focused our eyes and went, oh, it is. It is and i said yeah there was a sign back there that said we're heading there and we and just then a guy came behind us and he was cruising in a truck and um and he just he didn't really slow down a whole lot right he just kind of kept going and he went under this train trestle and water went and he appeared on the other side and uh, obviously he's a local so he knew what was what, what was going on and we thought okay we can do it Well, okay, some of you are thinking and we were buying a new car now because we, we, no, the truth is we, we, got, uh, we got through it, but Debbie, when we got to the other side, said, okay, pull over, pull over, and she opened her door and she says, ah, oh, there's dirt on my car and mud and crud, so anyway, uh, that's just a little supplemental piece at the end there, but <laughs> this is the moment in my notes, it's not in my notes, but avoid eye contact right now, just avoid it. Um, but no. Um, so, so there's this wide road, um, and what I was getting at is destruction can be defined a lot of ways. I don't think Jesus was describing a road that might get you a little wet or might get you a little dirty. Destruction is, it's over. It did not turn out Next of kin are notified because you were on the wrong road. Now, I want you to quickly notice there's a second road. We've mentioned that. Jesus mentioned that. It's the narrow road and the small gate. They describe the only way, as I read it, the only way that leads to one of the words you can't say without smiling, life. Life. You hold your newborn baby in your arms, there's life. This is so good. And that's what Jesus is saying. But it's less popular, and it's it's less populated for sure, right? And and much less than the wide road. And he he doesn't hide this from us. And few are those who find, let's call it again, the frontage road what he's saying here. So you you see the flow here. But though few find it, hear me now, it is the right road. It is. Um, It's a road that requires you to leave the freeway you're used to, the freeway you were born to travel on. Not, Not born for the purpose of traveling on, but the moment you were born, you were on that wide road. You got to hear that. That's the truth. So so it, it requires us to leave the freeway that we are fairly um, knowledgeable of with all of its appetites and its attractions for the frontage road. See your look. You're getting it. This is this is the, the narrow road, according to Jesus, will be hard. It's going to be hard. Uh, without apology, he says it is narrow, which because few are on it, it's lonely. And it's costly. So there it is. You get it. I get it. Uh, most who heard these words preached that day by Jesus, or are hearing them read and expounded on today by me, would agree, they, they seem pretty plain and clear. That's how I would describe it. However, I want to show you something. You will see in this very funny video, people in our day who have somehow discovered a hidden interpretation for the words of Jesus. Jesus. Check
1: it out. And the, the, the arguments I've had where, where uh, you, you know, people have said, you know, uh, one guy, been in my church for like 15 years, ever since it started. I thought I was one of the key guys. And, and he comes to me, you know, just, just not too long ago, and he goes, you know, Francis, here's the problem with you. He goes, you think everyone needs to be this radical you, you think that Jesus calls us all to be radicals. He, he, goes, he goes, you know, you, you think there's just these, these few radicals, and, and, and he goes, you know, there's this, you got to understand, right? there's, a, there's this middle road where, where, you know, people, you know, they profess Christ and they do some good things. And it's like you're, 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 you're neglecting that whole middle road. Did you guys know that? There's a narrow road. That leads to life. There's a wide road that leads to destruction. And now there's this new middle road. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. Like a carpool lane. It's just <laughs> this, this weird new road we created where you can just do some good things in the name of Jesus and still hold. It, it's, it's, You know, it, you know it's cool. you're serious right now. You're dead serious. You found a middle road. <laughs> I, you guys, I, I, I'm not a real. You gotta understand. Those who know me know that I'm not a real, complicated guy. I, I, I tend to think like a kid. I tend to just go, "Wow, well, that seems like what it says." You know, I, I, I remember when, uh, when I was a kid, we used to play this game called "Follow the Leader." Remember that? Mm-hmm. I mean, some of you guys don't because yeah. you just played video games and, <laughs> you, 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 but. We play this game called "Follow the Leader," where the leader, you know, flaps his wings and you do the same thing, and it it was easy. You you just do what the leader did, and it's so weird how in the church we've twisted this. And follow Jesus is a different game. You don't really have to flap your wings. You don't have to. You can just sit there and do it in your heart. (laughs) Seriously. You know, when I read the scriptures, it says, man, whoever claims to, to, to know it must, must walk as Jesus walked. But we go, oh, no, I'm doing that in my heart. You're like the kid sitting on the recliner. going, go, oh, no, I'm flapping my wings in my heart. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's, 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 it, we, we distort things because of what we want. You know, remember, you remember Simon says? That was easy, right? Simon says, pat your head. But Jesus says it's a totally different game. If Jesus says something you, you, you just have to memorize it <laughs> that's what we do in the church if Jesus said you just got to study it you, you just gotta you, you just have to be able to quote it in the Greek you, you, you just it's, it's it's it has nothing to do with hey Jesus says you look look when my daughter you know comes to me and I go look go clean your room she knows better than to come back a few hours later and goes dad. I, I memorized what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it in Greek. <laughs> in fact, some of my friends, we're gonna, they're going to come over and we're going to do a little study on what it would look like to clean my room. <laughs> it just, it's not making sense to me. And and all I can say is that we're twisting things. We do, we do in the church and we, we create this little way where we don't actually have to do what Jesus... Christ
0: <laughs> it's Francis Chan if you're interested He, he has a wonderful way um, I'm going to help uh, go a step further with his commentary uh, Let's give a name to the middle road It's called Compromise I think that's the road that is neither wide Nor is it narrow But it's, it's this middle road And it's, it's Compromise so that means when Jesus said uh, over in Luke in His Gospel, chapter nine, verse twenty-three, "If anyone wants to come after me," remember the, those. It start, the verse started that way. "If anyone wants to come after me," and then He uh, followed His appeal because we were left hanging. What 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 do we what does that mean? If you want to follow you, then what? And He says you must. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. So so you must deny yourself. That means you got to do it daily. You must take up your cross. That means daily. And then that means follow me also daily. It's it's all in. Um, did he mean on Sunday, and never mind Monday? I, I'm just I'm just uh, these are uncomfortable questions because I don't sin a lot on Sunday, but I have a bigger problem on Monday. I I don't know. Did he, did he mean when we worship like we do every week here on Sunday, but not when we work Monday to Friday? I wish, that, I wish you could just say, well, Pastor, that's, 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 you're, just, you're just being a, a communicator, and you're right. Until I met a man who was a principal of a middle school, a public school. He was a leader in his church. An elder, as I recall, wasn't this church, but I suppose it could have been at some point in some way. We were talking about impacting the world that we live in and work in, and I've never forgotten what he said about his work in a public school district. Um, He says, you know what? I am a Christian. But on Monday morning, I'm a principal of so and so school district, and he named the school. And that means I have to put Christianity on the shelf as I do my work Monday through Friday. And I, I quietly breathed a sigh of relief that he wasn't the principal of one of my kids' middle schools. But I thought, Jesus has a work to do in this man's heart. Because. He's willing to deny himself and take up his cross on Sunday, maybe. But he's missing it Monday to Friday. I don't want to throw him under the bus. I just think he's got some growth ahead. Because Jesus didn't put those kind of limits to this. I've observed that some have found a way to apply Jesus' words occasionally, which is Far short of daily. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it it just seems that way to me. Um, The road we are to take daily, we would have to agree with Jesus. It is narrow. It is lonely. And it's costly. No wonder so many people today kind of tend to gag at the thought that God changes lives. Because too many of them will tell you what will say. Why do you pass by the church and not pull in? Why do you? Whatever. Not you're not a religious person. Well, I'm not either, but I love Jesus. But why are you? And very often it will trace its way back to, well, I, you know, um, I hear this Jesus is going to change people's lives, and and then I see evidence that that's not so much the case all the time. Can I, can I just give us all a, a sigh of relief here? I have some of the most profound images in my mind of people in this fellowship, this church, that are so incredibly dialed into Jesus. They are doing it daily. They are walking with him daily, and good for you. When I get phone calls during this ice storm that say, who needs my help? That wasn't on Sunday. That was whatever day. Um, It was really beautiful. It was really a picture of people that are living it. When we hear there's a financial need or some kind of struggle, we, we don't just go, I don't pray for you. That's good. But do something, and we do. That's what we do in the name of Jesus. Because After he saved us, he says, I've made you as a workmanship created in me for good works that you might do those things, right? That's, but Brennan Manning, um, he calls out people that are expedient Christians um, by saying the greatest single cause of atheism in our world today is Christians, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips on Sunday and walk out the door and deny him by the way they live. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Can I tell you as I flip it, that's Brennan Manning. It's also one of the most compelling reasons people turn into the parking lot. Because they saw somebody that's living for Jesus daily, his word. They're on a narrow road. Some people will call them weird. Some people will actually say they're too pure. Oh, gee, you're no fun. You're too pure. Okay. Guilty. If you want to be that person, you know. You know what I'm saying. Um. So, if we're to take Jesus seriously, we must choose the right road and stay on it. I, I use. Um, uh, I want to. I want to have you turn now to First Peter, and I told you we would. First Peter, chapter one. Uh, when Peter said you must be holy in everything you do, um, that was a different Peter than the Peter we met in the Gospels. Okay, Peter was the one who was an equivocator. You can write that word down and check it out. Okay, so um, he was expedient. He was whatever he needed to be, wherever he needed to be. Not in the 1 Corinthians 9 sense, but in the Galatians 2 sense. In other words, he was a hypocrite. Peter was that guy that wanted to, you know, uh, fit in. So much so that he's known, he's known in history as the one who said, "Um, I don't know Jesus, when he was asked after they arrest Jesus. And he repeats himself two more times. No, I don't know. I've never met the man. I have no idea who you're talking about. By the way, just for context, Peter said that the very same night, just hours, maybe minutes after he had said, Jesus wants you to know something. I will go with you anywhere. I will follow you anywhere. I will give my life for you. So he's an equivocator in those days by saying, I don't know, Jesus. And then he becomes, 20 or 30 years later, this great apostle. And he wrote two letters near the end of his life. Um after, can I say and use these words to describe him, he he made his choice. No more wide road. No more freeway for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk on the narrow road because Jesus calls all of us to do so. And he said this in chapter 1 of his first letter, verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming, then when he returns. Set your focus on him. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the freeway, the evil desires you had when you traveled on that road, when you lived in ignorance. But verse 15, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. When Peter said, verse 15, you are to be holy in everything you do. What is the plain explanation of words in all you do? Do, do, we, do we mean holy in your heart, but somehow it doesn't translate into the habits of your heart? That's a problem, and Jesus wants to talk about that problem. Uh, does, it, does it mean that we are holy in our talk, but not so much in our walk? What if Jesus was serious? That's why this, ser- this series is important. Um, this author, author gets what Peter was saying. Peter tells us to be like our Heavenly Father in the words we just read. Holy in everything we do. Holiness means being totally devoted or dedicated to God, set apart from the freeway, the sin and its influence. We're to be set apart and different, not blend in with the crowd. God's qualities in our life make us different. Think about what we say a lot. Jesus saved me and has sent his holy spirit to live in me and if that's true how does the Holy Spirit look it's really a good good question it's like well wait a minute the god who is holy came to live in me and he cleaned up the place and um and now he's supposed to show through me um what is holy let's let's just make sure we get it Near at the, here, here near the end. Holy is fundamentally, at the basic root, different. So now you took a really complicated word or something that's, we say holy smokes. or We, we don't quite use it the way it's meant. It's, it's different. It's a person who, verse 15 says, holy in all he does is someone who is in his present life in Christ different. From his past life before Christ, see holy. That's how it looks. But different isn't easily done. Let me ask you: Is is your life different today than what it was before you became a Christian? It, it should be. That's God's purpose, in in coming in at your invitation and living inside you, saving you. And he rolls up his sleeves and says, okay, we're going to go places and I'll do the work. You just got to cooperate. You have a role to play here. So that's what's going on here. Um, Are you you different from the practices of the people around you who don't know Christ? That's holy. Are you wholly different from unsaved people? Hear Hear me clearly. You should be but not in a condescending way, in a contrasting way. You just live a little different way. In some uh, places, in some ways, a very different way, but you don't go, looking down. No, that's not what we do. There is a contrast, but it's not a condescending one. The world is constantly, and you know this without me saying it, pushing its agenda on us, trying to make us conform. Come on, just a little. just That's what happens in this world we live in. Um, so we must be people who resist um, being unholy, being undifferent. And he says where it begins. So how do I do that? It begins in your mind. Look back at verse 13: minds that are alert and fully sober. It means to think clearly or to g- kind of get your head in the game. I think of High School Musical. Our kids love that. Actually, I loved it a lot. And great movies. And uh, there's this basketball team and all. But there's this song: "Get your head in the game. Get you gotta get you get you get." Get your head in the game. You gotta get get get, get your head in the game. Because the star was not focused. This team needs you to be focused. God would say to me and you, I need you to be focused. Focused on what? The basket? No. His name is Jesus. Focus on me, focus on my promised return. And when you do, it will make a difference in you. How do I make how do I look different? you got to get, 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 get your head in the game, right? Try that on uh, before you have food in your mouth next door. Uh, that, that could be messy. But um, So um, that's, I think, what I had to share. Um, I, I, I put a, a sentence together I want to read to you. Be holy because you belong to a holy God who lives in you to make you holy. So be holy, that's the assignment, but do it because a holy God took up residence in you to make you holy. So if the road that you're on has you doing some things, and there's probably no exception to this, hearing my words right now including the ones saying them, if it has you doing certain things that aren't holy then you can be sure that there's something the Holy Spirit wants to work in and on in your life my life that's good uh, and though tempting we saw it earlier the middle road that's that's, that's not meant to be taken by God's people at all Jesus actually went so far in Revelation chapter 3. I'd rather you be hot or cold because lukewarm doesn't cut it. I I think the reason he said that is because you get a false positive. You think you're okay, and you're really not. So go all out, or maybe I should say go all in and be holy in all you do. I'd like you to bow your heads with me. Uh, Lord, we, we live in this world. There's, it's not the day you save us, you rescue us and call us home. Um, but we live in a world that you've said so yourself is mostly a wide road taken. Um, and um, Christians, you tell us, are to be different. Be people that live and walk and live out the narrow road. And I pray that more of us would do that daily. Because when we aren't different and holy, and the world shakes its head and walks away, and I I think something we don't normally think happens to them. In that moment, they they get a little further away, and I don't want that, Lord, because um, then I become a stumbling block, and um, you expect more from me. Uh, but God, you are doing a work in me, and 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 every one of us can say this too, imperfect people. But when we choke, when we fail, when we when we aren't different, when we are unholy. Help us to just be candid and transparent and say, "I, I that that was bad. I'm so sorry. And don't justify, well, you know, Christians are just forgiven, not perfect. Help us to just be honest about it, Lord, and to remember that you're the one living in us making beautiful things out of broken people. And one by one, as we live out holy lives, different lives, in a world that's on the freeway, help them to look over and see the frontage road and through our influence find a way to get there and meet you. Thank you for doing beautiful things. Out of dust and out of us, as we'll sing now in Jesus' name.